Welcome to the WordPress Photography Podcast, the podcast for photographers who want to learn how to get the most out of WordPress to grow their photography business. You don't need to be a geek to understand WordPress. Settle back and listen as we show you how. Now, here's your host, Scott Wyden-Kivowitz. Welcome to episode number 26. My name is Scott Wyden-Kivowitz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Rachel Conley from Photoscribe. Hey, Rachel. Hey Scott, how are you? Uh, I'm doing well. Um, it's it was it was an interesting week, and uh, uh, actually, the last episode is going to be a it was a snap episode. It was the first of our snap episodes, which is pretty cool. Um, yes. So anybody who's listening, and uh, if you don't like the name Snap for the short five minute episodes, please submit your suggestion for a new name. We are not set in stone with the word snap, and we are open to suggestions. Um, I also want to do a little call to action to everybody to please leave us a review uh, on iTunes, on Stitcher, wherever you're listening, because any review that you will leave will help us improve the podcast or get the podcast in the ears of, uh, of new you know, photographers who should be listening. So, Yeah, and we really uh, take that yeah. feedback seriously. We, we definitely want to know what you want to hear, and then we can... Um, change it up and make sure that you are hearing what you want to hear. <laughs> yeah. and, and last uh, but not least, we are getting close to episode 30 and that is our next Q&A episode. So yeah. if you have any questions you want included there or if we uh, get to 10 and we start the next queue for, for episode 40, uh, please submit your questions at slash podcast slash Q and that's how we will get your questions to be used on each, ep- on each uh, you know, episode that's a Q&A episode. Yes. So, um, I'm excited for today's episode. Um, we are talking with Chris Aram, and uh, Chris is a husband, a father, photographer, the co-founder of Gively.com, which he'll have a chance to talk about as well, which is a really cool service. Uh, he is a beer snob, uh, <laughs> but uh, most of all, he is a, a student of life. He loves images that are beautiful, yet authentic, and he takes a lot of pride in being easy to work with and someone that you can trust and uh, to sweat all of the details. So Chris yeah. does a lot of work for photographers. He's done work for some of the other guests that's been on the, on the show. Um, and so you'll get to hear a little bit of what he does, uh, what he offers, and all the cool things going on in his life. Um, so welcome to the show, Chris. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Scott and Rachel. Yeah. Yes, we're very happy. Chris is actually my go-to person, and we'll hear about more of the consulting services you do for photographers, but when they have WordPress problems, I always send them to Chris, so we're very (laughs) excited to talk to you today. Yeah. Thank Um, you. Yeah. Before we dig into what's going on with you, Chris, we're going to jump into a little bit of WordPress photography-related news. The first, I got three pieces. Uh, The first is the 2017 theme, Um, WordPress, when a new major update to WordPress comes out at the beginning of a new year, they release a new default theme. The the new theme will be 2017. And what's really cool is they started building in a page builder into the theme settings. And this is new for a default WordPress theme to do. And the cool thing is that by doing so, they might be starting the official standard for page builders for WordPress. So that means that any, if this happens and this becomes a, a standard for page builders, it's going to change WordPress forever, making it even easier for every photographer to make pages and things like that. 
but it also means that plugins that already that already are page builders might need to adjust themselves to adapt to the new standards. So it should be really cool to see what what comes of it. Um, there's not really any live demos of it yet, but uh, it's just in the planning stages, and I think it's going to be neat. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, I think there's a lot of potential there. I mean, right now we talk so much about adding the plugins that do that, um, but making WordPress easier for anyone in any way is is just a, a good thing all around. Yep, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, next on my list is uh, I just got back from Canada Photo Convention, which was in Toronto, and it was incredible. Um, I did a talk on image SEO, and I gave a challenge to everybody to to do less, um, to include less photographs in their blog posts and do more words. In fact, it's the 300-word challenge because uh, search engines prefer 300 words for to, to rank well. Ideally, you want 500, but 300 is 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 the is the minimum, really. So. I challenge everybody, all the attendees of the conference, to to try the 300 word challenge, and a lot of them are going to take it up, take me up on the challenge, and I hope that uh, they follow through from it. And I hope anybody who's listening who also wants to try that challenge also, uh, you know, follows through because it's difficult, but it's definitely possible. Yeah. Um, so uh, the last is that CoSchedule, who we just had uh, Nathan from CoSchedule on the show. Um, he just, uh, just made some announcements, uh, some pretty big things that are in the works like Instagram integration, which is awesome. Wow. Um, and, uh, so they're going to have a Android and iPhone app available. So it'll sort of work how the, like the buffer buffer app works and the later gram works where you edit your content to the queue. It uh, notifies you on your phone and then you can quickly add it to Instagram. That's the, um, way that Instagram wants you to do it because, there are services that do it automatically, but those are not um, technically allowed by Instagram. So um, CoSchedule is going to be doing it the right way. There's also going to be a requeuing of social content. Um, it's a different way from their current automation feature, um, and it looks looks pretty neat. So a lot of exciting things, and we'll link to, um, to all this in the show notes for anybody who wants to check it out uh, further. So, Does CoSchedule do Pinterest? Yes, they do. Okay, so I, that's it, right? They do... All they of do, them now. Yeah, they do all of all the uh, all the big ones. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And totally. to be able to do it, I mean, I know CoSchedule has a standalone app, but to be able to do it from WordPress and right from the dashboard, I mean, it's a one-stop shop almost. You know. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's amazing. Um, the the fact that not only can you will you be able to send it to Instagram right from a blog post, basically, you publish your blog post and then boom, you're going out to Instagram is that you can, you're literally scheduling it for the best time on Instagram. So you're scheduling it um, for, the, for the most engagement, the most likes and things like that. So yeah. really cool stuff. I still take caution with that because we are photographers. So our target audience may be different than their proposed target audiences. So I still say, you know, test that on your own. Without a doubt. Um, but it is nice to have that feature, so it's just one less thing that you don't have to think about. Yep. And if you, know? if you are going to plan on scheduling your Instagram or if you're already doing it, you might want to change your Instagram account to a business account, which actually tells yeah. you your best times. Yeah, um, absolutely. Based, based on, you know, all the analytics that it gives you, you can determine your best times. So yeah. cool stuff. Um, awesome. Chris, what's going on with you? 
I'm uh, actually, I'm sitting here thinking, I wish I was taking notes. I'm going to have to come back to this. I'm learning some things already. Um, yeah, that, that all actually sounds really interesting. I got, I got to come back and check that out later on. But um, yeah, otherwise, I'm, I'm good. We're here in Ohio. Um, it's fall. It's ridiculously beautiful outside. It's been 70s and sunny for a month plus now. So it's it's good. Awesome, but um, you're probably yeah, about to get the, awesome. the you're probably about to get the the, the cool wave that, that we're getting on the east coast yes. right now. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, it just actually uh, it, it did drop about 15 degrees here a few days ago, but um, yeah, it's it's been great. Nice. Um, so you've been doing a lot of work for for photographers lately, um, which yeah. is really cool, and um, you have you're getting a lot of referrals from. The two of us, and from yes, from, from many others, and uh, so tell us some of the, tell us some of the things that you've been doing for, you know, you don't have to name who, who you're doing it for, but sure. some of the things that you're doing for photographers in the industry already. Um, well, so a lot of times people come to me with, um, you know, their theme gets them halfway there, or it's mostly what they want, but they want um, like custom code or custom functionality or things that maybe a plugin doesn't gracefully handle necessarily. So in some cases it is pointing people to a plugin or, um, uh, and, and that's, you know, I'm learning that as I go to, um, but other times it is just, it, it's easier just to code it for them. So <clears throat> mostly uh, I, I've also had a number of people who are coming from like a smug mug based site or a Squarespace based site and they want to go to WordPress. Um, so just helping them out with that. And, Really, uh, and maybe this is something we'll get to, to shortly, but um, for me, WordPress has always been very powerful, uh, but it's always it's not always been easy to use. And so that's something that's really caught my eye about Imagely and what you guys are doing is um, you're really, you know, the hosting, the backing up, the all of the technical parts of um, having a WordPress-based site um, that are not necessarily fun or easy to do you're really, you're doing a lot of that heavy lifting for them. So, right. yeah. yeah. Um, so, so sometimes that's, uh, you know, those are things that me, uh, you know, I've been in it for a long time. That's something that I, uh, that I help people out with a lot. Um, but it's really exciting to me that you guys are really innovating there and, and bringing that uh, again, a lot of that more difficult stuff. Um, you're, you're taking care of that for, for a photographer who is not technical and does not want to be technical. Yeah. So my question to you, I mean, You've been in IT. We know that you co-founded Givly, and I definitely want to talk more about what that is and what that means for photographers. Um, sure. What is your background, both in WordPress and as a photographer? How did you enter this space? So <clears throat> I went to school for computer science, and that's kind of what I've, I had always wanted to do. And then when my wife and I got married in 2008, I was blown away to see what photography had become. I mean, what I knew of wedding photography was what we saw in my parents' albums, you know, 24 film-based images. And if they were in focus, it was a good picture. And um, to see like what digital was, was bringing along. And this was right when the, the Nikon D3 was coming out. Um, so, and just, I think the storytelling, like just seeing, you know, this is uh, literally the happiest day of, of someone's life. Um, being able to, tell that story and because you're you're both married i mean you understand like it's um you know that day goes by so quickly um these yeah. things that we tell our clients as wedding photographers uh, they're true and so just um for me that was a really you know i i do i want to get into weddings and i i was fortunate to have a friend who mentored me 
And uh, I really enjoyed that. So I've been doing those uh, for eight years now. And then, um, and then again, IT again, you know, as a, as a day job most of that time. Nice. And so where did the inspiration, so Gively, and I want to hear in your own words, but it's, I mean, I love the concept of being a registration for couples who are getting married and want to spend some of the gift money towards photography. Um, how did that come across? across is that built on wordpress what is the back end on that sure so um a couple of points there um we were just uh my friend and i uh adam nyholt who actually was also my mentor um in wedding photography we were brainstorming um a couple of years ago now like what are you know what are some ways we can um just sell more um and it kind of and i don't remember to this day exactly how it occurred to us but we realized um, you know, people get married later in their lives, their personal and professional lives. They don't necessarily need the kinds of things that our parents, uh, registered for kitchenware and stuff like that. So uh, true. <laughs> family and friends, you know, in a lot of cases you're consolidating two households, uh, yeah. but family and friends still want to celebrate with a meaningful gift. And so, well, what if we, what if they could register for a photographer or really a vendor, any vendor, you know, it could be a venue, it could be anyone, um, photographers though naturally we have the most amount of things that we can upsell uh we have i guess value adds really so maybe if you're if you are already uh committing to the the photography itself you want an album you want prints things like that um so the idea was well what if uh, what if you could register for that and again most uh, photographers not being uh particularly technically minded or, or wanting to do that um you know what if we could code that as a platform and so uh, I wrote that, um, it's been several years now and, um, it's not in WordPress. We have toyed with the idea of releasing it as a WordPress plugin also, and that may be forthcoming in the next few months, but, um, but yeah, so it's really, it's, there's a platform, you know, anyone can sign up. Uh, we do offer a truly unlimited trial being a newer concept. We felt that was important to, that people can kind of try it with confidence, um, and, uh, yeah, you just, uh, it's an easy way to create registries. Uh, you can set up your own branding. You can, uh, add as many clients as you want to, um, customize the products and services that can be registered for And, uh, it's, uh, it works really well. Awesome. And so wedding photography, Gively IT, and now you're helping photographers with their WordPress websites. What is your, I mean, it's, they, these all kind of are natural transitions, Really, you could see the journey from one to the other, but what is the thing that you enjoy the most working with photographers on their website? So what have you sort of discovered in this journey that you're like, wow, I didn't sort of see that coming? Is there something like that for you? I think for me, um, <clears throat> again, IT is, is problem solving. I mean, really, that's what we're all doing. We're all solving problems. Um, and so, again, I, I just I empathize a lot with, um, you know, that stuff comes pretty naturally to me. It doesn't come naturally to other people. Yeah. You know, I know a lot of photographers, they're great at making images. They, they're very natural with people and I'm not, not necessarily natural with people. Um, but they're just very friendly. You know, they have all of these things going for them, but their website is consistently giving them problems or it's down or, um, they, they want to be able to accomplish something with it that they can't. So, uh, for me, that's what I enjoy is just, um, helping them, um, you know, kind of bridge that gap, uh, in their service offering. I love it. So, so what are some of the things that um, that photographers have outsourced uh, or or sh- should consider outsourcing 
um, for the websites, like, you know, custom development, of course, if they have an idea that they want, of course, that that's like the more of the obvious uh, answer only because that's what first thing that comes to mind. If you think, you know, what should I outsource? Oh, I can't sure. do this. I should, right. But, um, yeah. you know, what are some of the things that um, photographers might not think about outsourcing that they probably should consider, for example, like blogging, right? When the sure. photographer, when a photographer can't um, uh, come up with ideas for blog posts, they don't have the time for blog posts. They're they're doing well enough that they just can't, you know, stop absolutely um, right. doing the photography. You know, so yeah. What are, what are some other things? Well, and I do work with clients um, who have time, but I work with a lot of them that don't. And so, to your point, that's that's just that's the most natural thing. What can I outsource? What's the most effective use of my time? Yep. Um, if I can pay somebody to do these things that I either don't like or that I'm not good at, um, why waste my time on it? So <clears throat> along, along those lines, I think what I see most um, are challenges with hosting. So, um, you know, if your host doesn't, um, if they're down constantly, and, and this is a very common problem and a very common complaint, um, and unfortunately there are a million hosts out there, where do you begin if you're a photographer, you really don't know, Right. Uh, who to go to and or how to tell the difference. Um, so a lot of things end up being like hosting related. So maybe a recurring backup. Um, I cannot tell you how many people I talked to who lost years of their web presence because yeah. they were hacked or because they, uh, you know, just somebody dropped the ball somewhere. So making sure that you have a your own copy of your files at all times. So uh, in the worst case scenario, you can you can get back online within a few days instead of it being just you know a lost cause. Um, just uh, I think, and, and you know I'm I'm still learning myself, but these are things that that um, that I I feel like I, I have some valuable insight on, and um, just pointing people in the right directions. And again, sometimes people want it very hands on; they just want you know take this. I want you to do, I want you to do it all, make it go. And then other times they just need a little bit of advice. So. Uh, it, it definitely runs the gamut of, of different, I guess, needs. But um, I don't know if that answers your question, but that's, uh, I think for, I, I think, and, and really, again, you know, that's something that you guys uh, at Image Lead, uh, that's a really valuable service is you're, you're managed, uh, and I use this term, I don't know if it's the term you use, but you're managed hosting. I mean, mm -hmm. you're really, uh, you're doing a lot of that heavy lifting for people, again, who don't really want or, or need to do that. Right. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's exactly it. Um, so are, are you doing any, um, are you doing any custom theme development uh, at all, or is it mostly maintenance um, and, you know, some functionality type of things? Some, and I'd like to do more. Um, <clears throat> and, and again, you've probably experienced this. Some themes are very well written mm -hmm. and some are not. Yeah. Um, whole WordPress ecosystem as a programmer, like I know programming, but the WordPress ecosystem, it's really its own world. And so I'm yeah. getting better at that, but I'm still learning a lot as I go also. Yeah. There's, um, a, there's a lot of standards in WordPress. And unfortunately there's yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of themes and plugins that by the standards. Um, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. We have, we have the conversation about like, should you buy from theme forest? And right. you know, if you, if you do choose because they are cheaper, you know, then you're paying perhaps to outsource to help have someone hold your hand through the process or if they right. don't have support available on their theme. I mean, even a programmer is sort of dead in the water 
yeah. because it's their code, the, the one right. you're purchasing. So, uh, by the way, the um, theme forest themes might not be cheaper for much longer. Um, really? Yeah, uh, they recently announced that now theme developers and plugin developers can name their own pricing instead of having to use some of their set scales. Yep. Um, okay. You can now name your own pricing. And so now there's themes that are on Theme Forest for like $10,000 or something, some crazy amount um, wow. just because people can. They're not going to sell right. any, but it's because they can, so they edit it. Um, so the, the, the whole Theme Forest being uh, cheaper might just – it might stay the same. We'll see how it goes, but it could just go away. Um, well, I think, again, the price, you know, $49 for a theme, a photographer sees that, buys it, and then has no experience of how to modify it, how to yeah. – Right, and it may not even be the photographer's level of experience. I mean, I've purchased theme forest themes that legitimately don't do what they say they do, but you've sure. already paid the money, you've already committed, so you're in there and you're trying to figure it out. And you know, it it definitely I believe it brought WordPress to a next level because it allowed for it to be accessible to everyone in any price range, but then it also allowed everyone to be accessible in every price range who didn't, who couldn't then afford, you know, the support that it needed. So it left a lot of holes. And I think that's where we are. I mean, I, I think there's a value to charging more for a theme, knowing that you're going to get a better support behind it. Just like talking about hosting, you know, making sure that you're paying a little bit more, but knowing that someone's going to hold your hand or working with someone to, you know, handle your WordPress maintenance, make sure there's no secure themes, make sure you have a backup if you, and it's not even a question of if you get hacked, it's a question of when you get hacked. And I think that's a concept that, you know, a local photographer may think, well, why would someone hack me? Because they can. Yeah. Here's a, here's a um, short and simple story about when you get hacked. So uh, I was doing a test and I had a it was a, a test URL. wasn't live. It was on the internet, right? But it's not indexed by, by search engines. It was literally a test playground where I can just test plugin updates and themes and stuff like that. And I did not install a security plugin on purpose. And I did not install or I did not make my password difficult on purpose. And still, that site was found and hacked. Yeah. Right? So this is all on purpose, right? But it's because there was very low security on this specific test site on purpose, uh, it wound up getting found and getting hacked easily. So it is literally a matter of when, if you're not taking any appropriate security measures. And And if if your username is admin and your password has some kind of functionality of the word password in it, even with, (laughs) you're going to get hacked. Yeah. Uh, those are things you can change. Yeah, a little tip for anybody is for any passwords. For one, I use one password for all my passwords, so they're all yeah. super difficult to remember. But uh, is come up with a phrase for whatever for your website. Come up with a phrase to log in, and so that way it's a phrase that has some characters mixed in. An A is an am- uh, ampersand, and a one or a, a, an I is an exclamation mark or whatever. Uh, but make it a phrase that you will remember all the time. And, you know, that way it's a difficult password, but it's something easy to remember. Well, it's also... To piggyback on that, oh, I was going to say, I I recommend, and I don't remember where I read this, unfortunately, but take a phrase, which you just said, and take the first two letters of each word. um, And so that effectively gives you, like, a random password. I mean, the letters are random, but, again, it's very memorable. You know, and like you said, add a punctuation mark or two and then add the numbers, things like that. Yeah, Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. 
Uh, my son's learning guitar, and he's four, and they have, like, Easter Bunny, because, you know, it's like E-B-A. I forget what it's called when they just pull the first letters yeah. of a phrase. <laughs> but I know what you mean, but yeah. Right. Anything you can do to help you remember the seemingly not related letter stream with numbers and characters thrown in. I know we're saying it like, do it, no problem. But there are tools like LastPass and one, what's the one you use, Scott? One password, yeah. One password, where yeah. they remember it for you. <laughs> yeah, and that's the beautiful thing about things like that is you generate really difficult passwords per site, per app, per whatever, but then you have one password to unlock that. What One password calls it a vault. So you have one password right. to unlock the vault of all your difficult passwords. Right. Um, so... And actually, one password is so secure that when they actually tell you, if you lose this, this master password, you're not getting it back. Right. They have you're no services to, to unlock it. It's impossible. So yeah. um, they actually give you... Thing... When, yeah. Oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, they actually give you um, an emergency kit. So when you create your, your one password account and your vault and your master, your one password, um, they, get, they, they generate a PDF that you can print out and put it in a safe somewhere that is your reminder of what it is to get back into it. Yeah. So anyway, what we get, where, what were we going to say, Chris? Oh, I think to, to, to add to your point earlier, um, like you say, like, Oh, I'm a photographer. Why would anyone hack my site? It's always, uh, unless you're like a very valuable site doing millions of dollars in e-commerce, it's going to be an automated thing. It's yeah. going to be uh, kind of like in the, in the same way that Google uh, crawls the internet, that it, it's consistently automated. The uh, it's scanning things on an automated basis. It's the same way with these, with hackers. I mean, there, there's just a list of things that are coded into a machine that, and it just goes around trying them. So I think that's, uh, and again, it's, so it's two parts. It's using best practices, which those are published. Uh, WordPress does publish some best practices that they suggest. Uh, and again, some of those are technical in nature. And then it's also working with the host that's going to take care of their end of the bargain. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I think um, when it comes to some things that photographers might want to outsource, uh, custom themes but what if you, there was a photographer who was like all right i love this one theme that's on the wordpress.org repository it's free 100 percent free but i kind of want some tweaks this is where a photographer that prefers that might go to somebody like chris and and say okay i like this theme it's perfect for my photography except i need these changes i'll hire you to make those changes because i don't know what to do so, Absolutely. so there's sort of a uh, custom theme without it being custom theme from the ground up. And the cool part is you can now check, if you went this route, you can now check the WordPress directory for reviews and support for that theme. So you can see if that theme um, has been successful over time, or if they're constantly running into issues or what, what you know, um, users of the theme uh, feel about it. So you're getting... Uh, there's a lot of data there for you to analyze for yourself to, to choose if that's right for you. So Yeah, I know a lot of people don't know that the WordPress.org has a, you know, a wide variety of themes. But yeah. So, Chris, my question for you in doing theme customization versus theme, de like, ground-up development, do you do child themes for, your, for those photographers? Do you recommend... I know Genesis, it's sort of crucial to use child themes, but yep. if you're just modifying any theme, do you recommend child themes or how do you sort of work that into your workflow? Um, I'll be candid with you. I, like I say, I, I'm still learning the WordPress ecosystem. The child themes, uh, 
I have not personally developed uh, that way, I, I think, and not because it's a bad idea. I think it's a great idea. I just, I haven't uh, ventured into that yet. But um, but I, I think it's always a case-by-case basis for me. Sometimes, yeah. again, sometimes it's it really is a, a custom theme from the ground up, and other times it's, well, I have this theme, and I really just need this one theme. So it, it really runs the gamut. Um, two, two quick things. Uh, one, I think we should talk about what a child theme is. I know we've talked about this before in the podcast, but yeah. you know, let's just say it again. So uh, there's a child theme and a parent theme. The average theme that's out there in the WordPress space is a parent theme, or really it's just a theme, right? It works on its own. And there are what's called child themes, which is basically um, – a smaller version of the theme that just references everything from the parent theme and then has the customizations there. And what happens is when you activate this child theme in your backend, the parent theme has to be uploaded on your server. It needs to be installed on the website. And by activating the child theme, it in turn will also uh, use the disabled parent theme. So this is what a gen. This is Genesis is a good case study on this. Um, so all the Imagely themes, for example, are all child themes. And when you install an Imagely theme, you also have to install Genesis, and then you would activate whatever Imagely theme you want, and just Genesis will be used um, without you realizing Genesis is being used. So um, that's one. That's the difference between a child theme and a uh, standard theme. But then the other thing I wanted to mention, Chris, is have you ever looked at uh, the underscores theme? And no, not, I've heard of it. Okay, but. so um, <clears throat> underscores is probably a theme that you should start looking at for whenever you do custom work because it's made by uh, automatic. And basically what underscores does is gives you a framework with no styling whatsoever. But it's basically starting you out with a WordPress theme using its using WordPress best practices as your as your base level, and then you just build upon that. That's so awesome. It's, a, it's a really good starting point. I'll look at that for sure. Well, I resonate what you said about not doing child themes because, again, you know, I, I have a certain level of knowledge, and I feel like WordPress tells you to do these things, but going in there and actually creating a child theme on in addition to like modifying your theme that's hard. It's hard for a photographer to do. It's hard for a beginner to do. It's, and it, it, it's nice to hear that even at an advanced user level, like you are like, it's still something that yes, it's best practices quote unquote, but right. you know, maybe the easier thing is, you know, so I do know that with Genesis themes, the child theme is definitely the best required. thing. Right. Required. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because the Genesis framework itself is constantly updating so every time you they update if you don't have a child theme you lose your styling stuff yeah right so so you can if there's a security update you don't update your child theme you're just updating the the uh you know the parent theme or an seo update or whatever right but then i feel like if you're using like a regular theme like a theme forest theme or a pro photo theme or one that well pro photo is built on a framework but one that's not built on like a framework this is where this child theme, parent theme discussion, like you hear about it, but you think, wow, that's so much extra work. Yeah. So. Yeah. And again, that, that whole model makes perfect sense. And I, I think uh, it's something that I just have not personally explored, but again, it's, it's something I'd like to get into and, and figure out. Yeah. Yeah. The, the one, the one big advantage of it is 
um, from from your standpoint and from a photographer's standpoint is um, anything major that has changed, you don't have to do that change every time. So it right. takes a lot of the maintenance out of your right. work to update your custom theme to to fix issues. You know, because if you're if you um, I'm going to use a technical term and I'll explain what it means, but if you fork the Genesis theme, for example, and you make your own theme built on Genesis without it being a child theme, if there's a major Genesis update, you now have to go ahead and do that update in your own theme as well. So right. um, what fork is, it's basically a, a, a fork is usually a legal copy of software. Um, it's when, when the license allows for a copy to, ma- to be made. So a fork is a legal copy. One would hope it's legal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. There are there are a lot of forks that are not legal that are out there. So um. yeah. Well, so we usually move into favorite uh, plugins or themes or things that you use. Um, are there any that you use more than others in your journeys with WordPress? Yeah, either for for yourself or um, or for the you know your clients that you're using on yeah. a regular basis. Um, I would actually defer to the two of you there um, because, again, just uh, I have a lot of coding experience but not a ton of WordPress experience yet. So when people ask me to do things, like I can read the PHP and I can say, well, yeah, or and I try to refer back to the WordPress best practices. Um, well, but are, uh, are there any – if it's not a plugin or theme, is there any maintenance tools that you're using on a regular basis that have been handy for, for, for the your clients that you have, like under retainer or anything like that? Um, it varies so much. Um, <clears throat> so a lot of times I like to use like cron jobs to, uh, run exports of their MySQL database, um, use FTP to back those up, uh, to move those around. And again, I'm not saying that's, that's the best way to do it. That's just the way I've done it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wish I could answer that in a more, uh, I guess more interesting way, but, uh, it, it's been really, uh, it just depends on, on who I'm working with and what their needs are so far. Um, and uh, I, I'm getting more into the, the universe of plugins and just, you know, I ask friends if uh, who have a lot of experience, uh, if somebody needs something in particular that I don't have experience with. But, um, yeah. All right. So that's fine. Um, yeah. Well, I'd love to take this time, actually, because um, Yoast has been getting a lot of, you know, we have a lot of conversation about it. Um, but what I've noticed and, and Scott, I'd love to chat with you guys about both of you about this. Um, so you, you use Yoast to make your SEO go green, right? By picking a target keyword and then filling out all the various boxes. But have, yeah. have you ever tried to have the content part of it go green, the readability, what they're saying now? No, I don't, I don't even, uh, honestly, I'm not, I haven't been paying attention to that. I've been yeah. using uh, Hemingway to optimize my content itself for readability. Um, and I just kind of, I don't know. I, I, I think it was, uh, I, I respect Yoast and, and team for um, trying to branch out a little bit from SEO in the plugin, but at the same time, um, I don't think it was necessary. Uh, so, yeah, that's where I was going with it. I totally agree with you. So I want to let photographers know that if you're, panicking about the readability part um i work with professional writers and we can't get it to go green because it's sort of like in that situation they're they're really sort of dumbing it down and wanting you to make lists and i don't mean the word dumbing it down because if you are getting it green that's awesome (laughs) because 
it says it helps your SEO, but I think if you're writing in complete sentences and you're writing for your target client and you're writing to really connect with that person, then even if your readability part of it is is read, I, I wouldn't worry about it. So I, well, I did want to bring that up. Yeah, so readability does have an impact on SEO. It does. Um, but I just don't think that the plugin is doing it in a way that is really beneficial for anybody. I don't think the tool is up to par from where it should be. I think maybe in another year, maybe it'll be at that point, but the, the $10 app called Hemingway does a much better job and you can optimize your content before you even put it into your onto WordPress. You can do it offline. So um, I'll link to Hemingway in the, in the doc. That's what I would um, recommend for anybody who does want to simplify the words that are writing to make it easier for anybody to read uh, that's, I would recommend the Hemingway app. And again, it, I think it's last I checked, it was $10. I know. But again, First, I mean, yeah. even all these electronic tools, the worry that I think is, is that you're not speaking to, I think that, you know, if you use a Chrome browser, you can, um, install a plug, uh, a thing called Grammarly right. and that can help you with your grammar. Yep. But if you're telling the story of you as a photographer and you're telling the story of your clients at that moment, I think that that's going to be fine because we're not in the business to sell the words per se. And yes, I agree right. with Scott about getting to 300 words, but I really took issue with the Yoast plugin and trying to just like autom automize. That's my new word. <laughs> nice. Um, I dig it. Probably writer, right. <laughs> um, to automize writing because you, you can't, because you're using it for different purposes as a photographer, yeah. you know? Well, so what I like about the Hemingway app is it's not really telling you your writing is not good. It's telling you you're using this adjective way too many times or try changing the adjective you're using or try taking this adjective out because you don't need it. It's telling you little things like that that will just improve your, the content without harming your persona in the content. So it's doing it in a really right. elegant way. Right. I was going to say the same thing. Like, I don't think it's the end all be all, but it's a fantastic first step like uh, to yeah. just making what you're saying a lot better. And the other thing, my personal experience with SEO um, there's a lot we know, but there's a lot we don't know. And, um, you know, I've seen websites that violate virtually every best practice and they're still ranking highly yeah. in Google. And I've seen websites that are doing everything right and they're nowhere to be seen. So I, I think it's an important thing. It's something that you want to spend some time thinking about and, or again, outsourcing that to someone who does, but it's really, it, it is still kind of a black box. Like there's a lot, again, there's things we know, there's things that that usually work most of the time for most people, but it's, I wouldn't like hang my hat on, on getting the green light in, a, in an app. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so I, I ended I my, totally agree. <laughs> yeah. I, I ended my, uh, my image SEO talk at Canada photo convention with this quote from Rebecca Gill from web savvy uh, marketing. Uh, SEO is not about a green light. That was it. That's it. Yes. Right? That, exactly. that, that just sums it up. SEO is not about a green light. The, the, the green light, you, it's nice to be able to get closer and yes, it'll help. If you get that green light, it'll help, but that's, that doesn't end there. There's so much more to SEO than just that green light and everything that, that, that leads up to it. So, um, absolutely. It, it, when it was tying it back to Rachel's original comment about the green light regarding the content, the actual, like the readability, make that the least of your priorities when it comes to SEO, because, um, that it, I, I like to say there's a fine line between, um, uh, SEO and branding and 
to me, the read- readability is on the branding side, and I'd lean more toward branding than I would SEO when it comes to that. I'd agree. So, so. Um, agree. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so, uh, if anybody is watching, Rachel's um, at a un- local university, so she's not in her normal room um, with the photos and stuff behind her. She's in a an office that looks like cubicles. <laughs> So <laughs> that's fun. Um, Living the freelance life, right? Yeah, exactly. That's right. Um, so, uh, Rachel, anything else you want to ask uh, Chris, talk about with Chris before we close up? No, no, thank you. I mean, I, I just wanted to tell people and photographers that if you do have a project that you need help with, I mean, Chris is the literally the one person I recommend. So, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. That's very kind of you. Um, I appreciate it. Yeah. And Chris, anything that uh, you want to close with? Anything, any uh, words of wisdom for any photographers or anything like that? No. um, Thank you again for having me. And I appreciate what you're doing. I actually listened to a number of your podcasts uh, earlier throughout the week. And I think there's a lot of really great stuff on here. So um, I appreciate it. And I've, again, I I learned something in the the first few minutes that I got to go check out now. So awesome. That's great. I appreciate what you got going. Totally. Cool. Well, Chris, thank you for joining us today. And uh, thank you, Rachel, for being an awesome co-host. Thank you, Scott. Um, now, Chris, where can we find you on the web? Um, <clears throat> photography, I'm at uh, chrisaram.com. And I, again, I still do weddings. Um, I have a blog at chrisaram.net. And then uh, Ghibli, if you're interested in that, um, uh, you can go to Ghibli, and I think it's going to be in the show notes. There's yep. a there's a link that just uh, tells us that uh, you you heard about us on Imagely. Uh, check that out there. And uh, again, we'd love to we'd love to see you. Yeah. So uh, if if you want to check out uh, Ghibli, definitely you can Google it. Uh, Google it, of course, or um, just you know type in the URL or visit the show notes. That way, they know that you listen to the podcast first. Um, that would exactly. be awesome. So uh, you can find the show notes from today's episode at imagery.com slash podcast slash 26. 26. 26, yes. And uh, next, next episode, we will have uh, Twyla, who um, is, I got to meet her uh, in Canada. She is awesome, extremely smart in all things business and has a great, she just has great stories to tell that uh, I think a lot of photographers will relate to. So um, yeah, should be really interesting. So until next time... Have a good one. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to the WordPress Photography Podcast. To listen to other episodes and to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and more, please visit imagely.com forward slash podcast.